for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. And a new format we've taken on in this 30-year anniversary all revolves around our home maintenance calendar. The first time we've put anything into a print publication. And each month we spend an entire month covering one specific topic on housing. We started at the beginning of the year. What was the first one? I don't even remember. But I know it went into termite and pest control after that. I know I've got mine in my briefcase. <laughs> doesn't do any good when it's not up. Outdoor landscaping, that's right, hardscapes. We, and then we went into pest control, and then for March, it was a beautiful time of the year. We went into windows, then April was outdoor living, uh, May was garages, June was roofing. It's now July, and we turn our focus to what is top of mind for everyone right now, <laughs> air conditioning. Tell you what, even in the mountains, it was warm. You get outside of that pine can't shade canopy, standing at 800 feet elevation at 90 degrees, that's intense. That's intense. That's, that's intense. Hot. <laughs> Denver was 105. You know what 105 feels like at 6,000 feet? Ooh. Oh, that's hot. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it was hot in the White Mountains. Fortunately, you have the evenings, right? Yes. Get down in the high 60s. It yes. was awful nice. But it was warm during the day. It really was warm. It was warm. And this entire month, we're talking about air conditioning. Now, it's not the same topic every single Saturday. We take uh, different topics. One Saturday, we're going to be talking about the duct work and how important that is and the role it plays. We're going to spend a Saturday talking about indoor air quality management. We're going to spend a Saturday talking about energy efficiency because uh, it doesn't matter how good your air conditioning is. If you've got an energy hog home and leaks and they're everywhere, it's, you, you're never going to save and get the SEER rating out of the new efficient equipment. You know, if, if you're trying to air condition an uninsulated uh, envelope, your envelope. House. <laughs> <laughs> but today. I was trying to think of a nice word to say, not habitat. Totally. Your, your crib. Uh, <laughs> alienate the new build industry. Yeah. Well, the new build, I mean, the building that we're putting up today, it, it's really converted building trades into the building science. It really has become a science. Uh, what we're building today is so much better than what we were slamming up in the 60s. It's uh, kind of shameful <laughs> that I was a part of that. <laughs> but I was young. I didn't know any better, right? So we've brought in a special guest today. Uh, you've heard us talking about air conditioning equipment. You, you've heard us talking about train, hard to stop a train. We have Richard Rojo, the sales leader for train residential equipment supply, the entire Southwest District. We'll we've got Richard in here to talk about air conditioning. Richard, and I'm going to feel today successful if we just kind of demystify air conditioning a little bit. I've tried explaining what it is to our listeners, but I'm not sure... I've ever been successful. Maybe you can help me identify or define air conditioning. Demystify. <laughs> that's a that's a cool word, Rosie. Because um, we're trying to dehumidify. Dehumidify, <laughs> right? You guys have been talking about that all morning. Uh, I'm sitting there listening to you guys talk about humidity, and I'm like, hey, they're still in my thunder here, but 
perfect segue. Uh, so, right, let's just keep it simple. Um, demystify air conditioning. Uh, really, it just comes down to f- physics. Yes, hot, it does. Hot goes to cold, right? So, okay. in, in essence, all we're doing is trying to move hot air and humidity, of course, right now, out of the home. Um, I I get it now because as a kid, I used to get screamed at by my mother for leaving the door open, right? And now I understand why. Because you want to keep the door closed, windows closed, right? Quit, keep, quit going in and out of the house. Because as soon as you open that door and if you leave it in, guess what happens? That hot air is going to go into that cold house. So in short, all your air conditioner is doing is moving all the hot air and humidity out of the house. Now, it's doing it by, again, hot goes to cold. It does it by taking the indoor coil. Again, we'll talk about this a little bit later. Right. But it takes the indoor coil, gets super-duper cold. And the hot air and the humidity from the house is drawn to that coil. Now, you're probably asking, well, where's my coil? Where's my coil? Well, it's sucking it out through the return. That's why that filter gets plugged every month because that's where it's sucking it out. So that cold coil beyond that filter is where everything's being drawn to. And that's where all the condensate uh, ends up. That's correct. And then we have to drain it out. Right. And you should really be seeing condensation out of your condensate drain this past week. You hit the nail right in the head, Rosie, because that's right. Um, Just like a, a, a cold can of soda. Right, if you pull a cold can out of soda right now and you you put it out um, and leave it out, it's going to start to sweat, and it's going that water. So same thing, right? The hot air and humidity from your home are going to get drawn into that, past that filter and hit that that cold air and moisture, or I'm sorry, that that warmer air and moisture hit that cold coil. That coil is going to sweat. It it drains down into a, a pan, and then of course it it'll uh, just flow out into a PVC. And that's what you guys were talking about earlier. Uh, if you've got an attic uh, set up, then to your point, uh, Romy, earlier, you've got two. Everybody who's got a ground <laughs> a ground air conditioner, and if you've got an attic unit, uh, air handler or furnace, you've got two pieces of PVC, one lower, one higher. If the P- If the water is flowing out of your bottom one, that's good. That means it's working, it's cooling, it's designed, and water's coming out of there. If it comes out of the top one, like you guys said earlier, that's bad. That's bad. That's coming out of your secondary drain pan. Now, secondary that's, drain pans are, are per code. That's the backup. That's the backup. So when the backup goes out, we're out of fail safe. Correct, correct. But but exactly, guys, like that, that secondary pan, right? You know water doesn't play by the rules sometimes, so it's supposed to um, – if I could, uh, the listeners could picture just this huge pan under the entire big old cookie sheet. Big old cookie sheet sitting right under the the unit, and it's supposed to catch any water that would potentially drain out of this corner, that corner. So it's it's oversized. But sometimes water will catch a, a beam yeah. and drain over here, and then you get it. Uh, and unfortunately, you don't find that out until it. Breaks through your drywall ceiling, and, and that's a huge mess. That's a mess. I, I, I like that terminology. Water doesn't play by the rules. It doesn't. <laughs> so, so air conditioning can be done in a single unit, uh, package unit. And we can put those up on the roofs. Traditionally okay. on the roof here in Phoenix, Arizona. Right. right. 
Or we can do it with a split system where you've got an air handling piece of equipment in the house, mm-hmm. but you have another piece of equipment outside the house. Okay. You're absolutely right. Okay. So we take a compressor and we take this gas and we charge it under high amounts of pressure and send it inside the house. Correct. As it's going in the house, it's losing its pressure and it's expanding. And in doing that, it ices up, cools off extremely. Correct. You pass that through the radiator, which is the, the coil. The coil, right. which is little fins. So it looks like, yep. And you're dissipating this cold that the gas is creating by its expansion. Like you say, it's all physics. It is. So we take this Freon that we've used for years. I don't guess we use, we we don't technically use Freon right now, do we? Freon is actually a brand name. It's we call is it, it? Ref, okay. we call it refrigerant. Okay. But everybody out there calls it Freon, so okay. let's call it Freon. Okay. So that's fine. So as it's expanding, it's it's cooling. We grab that cooling, dissipate it through the coils, and then we ask the fan to come on and move air across those coils. That's how we cool our the, our homes. I'm impressed. Yes, that's exactly how it works. Then that gas has to return to the outdoor unit. It's a loop. That's right. And be recompressed to be sent back into the coil to expand and cool off. That's correct. It's constantly moving, exactly how you said it. That's right. And the compressor's the bad boy in the whole deal. It's the engine in the, like a car. It's the engine of a car. It's the heart of your body. It's pumping. It's pushing. That uh, People know that that compressor, um, to your point, uh, if you look at your rooftop unit, you'll see that bad boy sitting in there. On the ground unit outside, which we call a condenser, that compressor is sitting inside of that compressor. And that compressor is sitting inside of that condenser. Condenser. And that little fan that's turning on the top of that, what's that doing? That's actually cooling that um, uh, compressor because if that's off, that'll, that'll heat, overheat that compressor and it'll shut off. And, and people got to be aware, be aware of that too. I've... I've been in the industry 21 years, gentlemen, and uh, I've seen a lot. Um, when I was on the contractor side for many years, we would come out to a home, and, and it's sad because there's some people where it's like, hey, someone just came out and told me I need a brand new unit oh, yeah. because my compressor's bad. And it's like, well, it's bad? Okay, like, what do you mean by bad? Like, there's, there's certain, they should be telling you it's, you know, shorted to ground or uh, shorted to turn or it's uh, over amp, you know, something like that. But uh, we've gone out many times and said, well, your compressor tripped, almost like, you know, tripped a breaker. But, I mean, the compressor tripped on high head. It got too hot. And the safety kicked in and it shut off. It, it does that on purpose. But that's only, uh, Rosie, because that condenser fan motor stopped running, caused the compressor to go out. And but the margins on the compressor are a lot better than the school. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm just saying, guys, there's some shady people out there. And, and right. We we're always at train. We're always trying to, to train our contractors. Uh, we're always trying to get the message out to the listeners. Uh, right. Go go find you a, a, a qualified contractor um, that's, uh, you know, APS certified um Go on Rosie's uh, website and make sure they're in the Rosie family. Go to train.com, BBB, all that good stuff. But there are some bad apples out there. And people are – they've got their guard up. Yeah. And well, and, the, and they should. Uh, it's technical equipment. Most homeowners have no idea what engineering and physics are involved in accomplishing it. 
And I tell people all the time, the worst thing in the world you can do is pick an air conditioning contractor for your home from a phone solicitation. The worst way on the planet. With the desert sun blazing year-round, your home needs to have fortress-level protection against intense sun rays and oppressive heat. Hey, y'all, Rosie here. Fortunately, Pella Impervia fiberglass windows and doors are built to withstand the southwest climate and stay looking great for years, and it gets better. These energy-efficient Pella products can help keep your home more comfortable. So when you leave the sauna outside, you're greeted with a rejuvenating burst of cool air inside. The team from your local Pella Window and Doors of Scottsdale or Tucson can finish your installation project in as little as a day. You're just a short call away from a cooler, better-looking, more energy-efficient home. Visit the showroom in Scottsdale or call 877-987-3552 to lock in your Pella savings now. That's 877-987-3552. Call Pella now. That's all you need right here in the great state of Arizona, May through October. We're here with Richard Rojo, sales leader for Train Residential Equipment Supply of the Southwest District. We're talking air conditioning. We were talking a little bit about, about trying to demystify it, how complicated it is, how often people are taken advantage of. Because homeowners, uh, Richard, all they know is it's 108 outside. It's 92 in my house, and I want it 78. And whether it's a $30 capacitor or a $1,300 compressor, at that point, they really don't care. They don't. <laughs> they, they just don't. want it fixed, right? Uh, the the hot, <laughs> hot air and the humidity, the sticky feeling kind of makes uh, people crazy. That, yeah. That check to APS comes real easy to write <laughs> after two days without air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's, exactly, that's exactly right. Well, you were saying you've been in air conditioning for 21 years. That puts you in the industry about half as long as me. I mean, I can remember in the 60s, uh, it, it, and it really, air conditioning was kind of at the forefront in the 60s. I mean, it was really in the late 50s that it even became common residentially. Up until then, we were just living with evap coolers. So we get these air conditioners, and, and I can remember working on a lot of the tracks and the, you know, track homes that I was framing at the time, and it was these locally manufactured units that weighed about 450 pounds that we were mounting up on the roof. You know, the ghetto family was building these bulletproof tanks that we just mounted up there. We oversized them constantly, and just all we cared about is when it came on, it was cold. And we have taken that. To, and I th- and we we had efficiency ratings on those equipment of probably less than two, <laughs> you know, but they got the job done because they were oversized. We were sending them through bad duct work into a house that was uninsulated with cheap windows, and that's why I became a remodeler so I could soothe my conscience and go back and fix all those homes I built <laughs> in the sixties. And, and I wasn't the builder; I was just a laborer. You know, right. I was just sweeping floors and driving nails. But that's where I broke into the trades. But air conditioning today what what are, what seer ratings are we putting on homes today? 
Oh, wow. Um, they're, they're getting up there. Uh, today, uh, and, and I say in, in our region, because the way the country is, is split, um, because there's actually some parts of the country, not ours, that can still sell a 13 seer. Okay. That's the standard. For Arizona, uh, it is 14 seer. So we cannot manufacture anything less than 14 seer, which is funny because, again, just 10 years ago, 14 was considered ultra oh, mega ultra. efficient. Yeah. <laughs> Today it's the standard. Uh, so we, we can get up to 20 SEER. And SEER is the efficiency rating of the equipment. So the higher the SEER, the higher efficiency you're buying. We, we call it miles per gallon if you want to uh, equate it to a, a vehicle. Miles per gallon. Yeah. So not only are the SEER ratings becoming so much higher and so much more efficient, but one of the ways we're getting the efficiencies out of the air conditioning is we were talking earlier about that compressor. Mm-hmm. Now, in the old days, maybe the compressor had two speeds, on and off. And to start that compressor took six times the energy and the electricity to run the compressor. Talk about the compressors of today. Uh, so you're right on. Uh, and, and the majority of the systems out there right now, you're exactly right. They've got all the way on and all the way off. It doesn't matter if it's 85, which I know my wife, if it's 85 outside, which means it's uh, 85 inside sometimes, she's going to want to run that air conditioner. <laughs> and if you've only got one speed, it doesn't matter. Uh, when it's 115 degrees outside, you're going to run that same unit. Uh, however, yeah, the reason we can get up to 20 SEER now is we have the technology uh, in our inverter compressor. It's, it's variable speed. So even just a couple years ago, we had two-stage, which was fantastic. That was like having two air conditioners in one. You had a, the compressor would turn on, and it would run for a while, and if it needed to kick into – four-wheel drive, the way I like yeah, to call it, yeah. then it would do it. And we we sold a lot of systems. Customers were more uh, happier, more comfortable. Uh, but today we have a variable speed, true comfort system. Not, that not, act, not two speed. Not two speed. Variable speed. Variable speed, speed which is actually up to 750 air conditioners in one. It has 750 different speeds. It'll actually go from 25 to 25.1, to 25.2, all the way to 100. So for you human human calculators out there, do that math. It's 750 air conditioners in one. I had a call yesterday at the office, and a gentleman was trying to decide. Uh, he's got a bid from a contractor, and it's uh, a standard unit or a split or a, a dual speed. And he was trying to say, why do I need to spend the couple thousand extra? And it was doing the math. Take what your air conditioning load mm-hmm. is. And find out what the anticipated energy savings right. are going to be, and then divide that into the cost difference to jump up to a two speed and calculate your your time on return on investment. The right. return on investment, we we always try to. We're going to our- save. We're going to save that for after the bottom of the hour break. <laughs> but the 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 equipment is so much better than what I grew up with. I mean, it's incredible what y'all could do with it. I want to talk about this, Romy, the return on investment, the increased efficiencies, and, of course, you got to talk about playing with the equipment through your smartphone. (laughs) 
Everybody's playing the air guitar right now. Right? It's a cool song. That's a cool song. And that's what we're talking about. Being cool. With Richard Rojo, the sales leader of Train Equipment and Supply, the Southwest District. He's joining us here today. We talked a little bit about the physics and the, how complicated air conditioning can be. And then he says, no, it's really pretty simple. We're just moving heat. That's all we're doing. We're just moving heat we're to where we want it. And right now we want it outside of our house. And that's what air conditioning does. So we're here with Richard. We're talking air conditioning. We've got some callers that are lining up here. And I think rather than stay on my agenda, and I still have some other things on my agenda I want to talk about. Because I want to talk about how far we've brought equipment. You were talking about the 750 speed compressor. I mean, you're only asking the unit to work as hard as it needs to. You're not asking the Ferrari to take you to downtown. You know, you, if, if, if a smart car will get you down there, you know, take the smart car. If a bicycle will take you there, take the bicycle. But you're only asking the equipment to work as hard as the conditions require it to. Well said, uh, because here's, here's a question for everyone out there. Which one do you think uses more power when it's at speed number 750 or speed number 25? Yeah. Well, which one's going to use more power? And if at 25 you accomplish, you satisfy your thermostat, why would you not use three-quarters less energy to accomplish it? It's, it's incredible science that has come into this equipment. It really is. And then you can play with it on your smartphone. Yes. Everything's <laughs> going to smartphones and tablets. If you can't do it on your smartphone or tablet, what's the point? So, yeah, you're, uh, you're able to do quite a bit. Um, I know we um, – crank ours up a couple degrees, nothing crazy, you know, two, three degrees max when we leave the home. We took the family out to dinner last night, and then we were coming home, and my wife gives me this look because it's so hot. Even last night, it was really hot. And we're getting home, and we're like, oh, as soon as we get into the house, it's going to be a little warm. Not true. I mean, we, I said, hey, well, get on the app, uh, which is we use the Nexia platform. So she got on there and cranked it down three, four degrees. Uh, It didn't. It wasn't three to four degrees cooler when we got in, but it it was running, and it felt comfortable. Let's get to a couple of these calls. People have been very patiently holding with their own air conditioning questions. Let's take Jim from Tempe first. Good morning, Jim. Let me introduce you to Richard Rojo. Hello, Jim. How's it going? Great. Um, So I have a house. I'm in Tempe. It was built in 62, and I have a big AC unit on the roof. We replaced it seven years ago because, of course, it went out in the middle of August. But I'm always debated if it's ever cost-efficient to take it off the roof and do two smaller units on the ground, if I would ever get savings from that. So if you're going to do that, you're talking about, you're, you're talking about a major overhaul because the yeah. ductwork is already there and it's going to be easier and less costly. I think you know this to just swap it out with another uh, package uh, rooftop unit. Um, but I will tell you, we are limited. For example, we can only get to 16 sear, two stage, right? That's where I was talking earlier about a compressor that's got one speed and then a, a four-wheel drive speed, which I like to call. 
But in our split systems, Rosie was talking earlier about our split systems. With our split systems, which is our ground unit or some kind of furnace or air handler in a closet, attic, or garage, we can get up to 20 sear. Um, so, yeah, uh, you're, you can get more efficiency and, in essence, more comfort out of it. But it is going to cost you a lot more in labor to, for a contractor to do that. So the cost would probably never outweigh the savings? No, and we ended that segment. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up, Jim, because we ended that. I love talking about the return on investment. We're always talking to contractors and, and, and educating the customers about return on investment. That's the cherry on top. But really what we, you should be concerned about when you're trying to upgrade and go to a true comfort variable speed system, you're talking about comfort. Do you How comfortable do you want to be? If you're fine with the eight-seater unit and you don't care, and uh, then you're fine. But it, I just like to be comfortable here in Arizona. Well, let's talk about my theory that we have over-air-conditioned our homes for decades. Yes. And what are, what are the proper steps? A home, what, what should a homeowner see when they have a contractor come out giving them an estimate for replacement of equipment? What should that contractor be doing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say it. Um, customers, uh, all you listeners out there, urge your contractor, ask them to do a heat load calculation, a manual J, whatever you want to call it out there. And all it really is is a math problem. It's pretty much contractors taking what type of windows you have, which way they face, what type of roof you have. What size ceiling, uh, I'm sorry, how high a ceiling you have, how many people live in the home, Um, all these heat factors, and you plug them in, and then based on, okay, you want it at 78 degrees when it's 108 out, you need a four ton. Mm -hmm. But to your point, Rosie, in the 50s and 60s, 70s, all we did was just oversize them and throw them up there. They work. They're they're cooling. But we were talking off the air, and I like to uh, equate it to a properly sized and inflated tire. If you want to – you can overinflate the tire, and you can still get to where you want, but it's going to be bumpier. The tire is not going to last as long. Same thing in air conditioning. If you oversize it, it's going to work, but it's not going to last as long. It's going to short cycle. It's not going to run long enough to get that hot air and humidity out of those hot rooms, and it's going to be a problem. You you can only guess how many hours I spend on the phone with homeowners over the summer that call me and say, Rosie, my air conditioner comes on at one thirty in the afternoon and it doesn't turn off till five. I said, Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's the short cycle. The on and off is what's so expensive about air conditioning. That's exactly right. You get that compressor started, particularly when she's a variable speed, mm-hmm. and you get her humming at just the amount, the right amount that you need to accomplish what you're doing, and she's running extremely efficient. A bigger unit turning off and on, off and on, off and on. And people are so happy to hear their units turn off. And, and I'm thinking, no, it's counterintuitive. Just the fact that it's running doesn't mean it's costing you money. The stopping and starting is what's costing you money. Again, think about it in the auto industry. Where do you get your best gas mileage and where are you more comfortable? If the car's on the freeway driving. But if you're stop and go, stop and go, stop and go, that's a, some hard wear and tear on your car. It is. Same thing with air conditioning. Absolutely. Let's go down to Tucson. Bob wants to talk to us about an air conditioning question he has. Good morning, Bob. Thank you for calling Rosie on the house. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. 
Uh, down here in Tucson, we don't usually get your Phoenix weather report. And I'll tell you what, that cooled me. It cooled me down right away here in Tucson. <laughs> just listening to that, you know, I, I don't hear that during the day. But uh, I, I've heard you talking, Rosie, about the super cooling and trying to keep keep your big appliances off during the peak hours. And what I wanted to ask the guy was. What if you just have a little baby window unit that's running during those peak hours, keeping your house comfortable so that when you come home, it's not like 85 or 90 degrees in there? Would that be efficient? Okay. I have some definite opinions about window air conditioning units. Uh, Bob, uh, you know, a one-ton window unit is going to cost you about 13 14 1500 bucks at least, I think. A decent one, heat pump. Uh, heating and cooling, uh, they are very, very expensive to run. Very expensive. Richard, why don't you talk to him about mini splits? That's the way I would go. I you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, so, Bob, yeah, Rosie's right. He's there's something new, and I don't even want to say it's new. It's new to the Americas. But yeah, it's it's many ductless mini splits have been around forever. Uh, you they're they're more common in server. Rooms, um, uh, a lot more people are putting them in garages now, in Arizona rooms. But mini splits are the fastest growing industry right now. And, right, I've, I've got a buddy that's, that's in air conditioning. He's got a, a nice air conditioning setup in his home, but he wants his bedroom to be 70 degrees. Yeah. But he doesn't need the entire house to be 70 degrees. So what, what he has done is he put a mini split in there. And now I got to tell you guys, the mini split ductless systems have that same technology that I've been talking about all morning with the uh, 750 stages, that inverter. Yeah. Those compressors are variable speed in those ductless systems. So you're going to get the savings out of them and you're going to be way more comfortable. So it costs you, it's minimal cost to cool that area that you're trying to cool. It costs me 40% less to cool my garage with a mini split than it did with an evap cooler. Yep. The mini split is more efficient and costs 40% less than a evap cooler. And I don't have to climb up on the roof and drain it twice a year and clean it and replace the pads. And that cooler is not going to work on a day like today where it's – The VAP cooler. Yeah, yeah. VAP cooler right, right. doesn't work well. Uh, swamp coolers, VAP coolers aren't going to work well when the humidity is real high. Yeah. And, it, and do I have this right? And I, I usually don't ask to be corrected on air, but feel free to correct me. The mini splits, because they are so efficient and they're not running through ductwork, those sear ratings go north of 30, don't they? We have a 38 sear – Duckless mini split. And um, I guess it's okay to talk about it, but Train has just um, announced a joint venture with Mitsubishi. So you're going to start seeing, and we've got them in our barn now, we've got Mitsubishi slash Train branded duckless air conditioners that we just got. They're hot off the press. Now, Mitsubishi owns and dominates that market. Worldwide. Yes. Yes. So in a mini split, you can take your SEER ratings to almost 40. That's four times. That's exponentially more efficient than units we were install central units we were installing just 10 years ago. They've got ceiling cassettes. They've got wall mounts. They've got the technology there. Is, it, we're just waiting for someone, a contractor, to 
take that bull by the horns because some people are even doing their entire house. Multi, multi-head. Multi-head in Mini all the splits. Homes. Yeah, because again, you don't like, well, hey, I don't need this room to cool over here, but I want that room to be 65 degrees and it'll do you, it. You can pick the temperature you want in every single room. Yep. It's like having a little uh, air handler in every single room. Now, let me, let me ask you this. When you're set up like that, what are you doing for air scrubbing? What are you doing for filtering your air? That's a great question, and I know they have some type of indoor air quality. I mean, I know for us, we we push the Remy Halo. We've got yeah. clean effects. We've got the active tech uh, stuff out there, the UV lights. I mean, there's indoor air quality is a billion-dollar industry, and with all the allergies and the bad stuff out there, you definitely need to do that. Uh, but, yeah, they, they do have products for those as well. Okay. So, Bob, that's our tip on small units. I wouldn't spend – $1,500 for a one-ton window unit that you just plug in, they are extremely inefficient and extremely expensive to run. Contemplate getting a quote for a mini-split system, which will be a little bit more expensive to install, but those window units are notorious for being noisy. When the mini-split comes on, you, don't, you cannot even hear it. You don't, you don't know that it's on. So that's another great advantage. Whoa. <laughs> so we're here with Richard Rojo from Train. He's a sales leader for Train uh, Residential Equipment Supply, the Southwest District. We've got a full bevy of callers here wanting to talk to you, and we're going to get to them right after this short break. Y'all hang on. Minutes. And welcome back to Rosie on the House, where we have just a couple minutes till top of the hour and sign off for the show for the week. But we've still got a lot of people on hold trying to get questions in to Richard Rojo of Train Air Conditioning. Let's go down to Tucson. Welcome Steve into the conversation. He's got a question about how to operate air conditioning. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, everyone. Um, I was told by a good friend of mine that if you leave the fan on to your air conditioning, you set your air conditioner at 74 and you leave the fan on 24-7, that it's cheaper to do that than leaving it just on at 74 degrees. I hope I'm explaining it right. Does that sound correct? So let me let me get this right. So he's saying set it. So you're saying two two things. Fan on, that's what you're talking about, the blower just continually running. I'm assuming right. you're wanting to do that because you're cleaning the air, right? Uh, you're, Steve, you're bringing up an excellent point here. If your fan is in auto, which I know a lot of people keep it in auto, then that means that fan is only going to run while the compressor is running. But here's the, here's the thing. When it shuts – let's say you set it at 75. If it hits 75 degrees, the compressor turns off, but so does the fan. What you're doing at that point is – I'm sorry. What you're not doing at that point is you're not cleaning the air. I have allergies. My wife has allergies. We've got dust. You know, It's Arizona, so – we have our fan running all the time because – but we have a variable speed blower and the fan doesn't turn on at 100 percent. It actually ramps down to like 30 percent and it's just constantly filtering that air. Uh, we prefer to do that. Now, tell me again, Steve, what are you talking about on the – by setting it at 74? Yeah, he will – well, whatever degrees he's saying, if you keep the fan on all the time – and the, then the AC comes on, it'll keep your house cool all the time. So he, his example was, like, when the sun's on the east side, it's, it's hitting that wall. 
I'm, I hope I can explain this right. And he says with the fan on and the AC comes on, when the sun comes around to the west side, your house is all you're still cool and never it never goes back down. His, you, you don't have to. Your your friend's theory is that you're constantly stirring the indoor air around to establish a more stable temperature, whatever temperature you're setting it at. I can tell you there is some validity to that, but you're not going to save money doing that. Okay. You're going to save money by asking the compressor to come on and cool your house off peak load periods. And you have to work that out with your electric provider, TEP, and make sure you're on a demand type power consumption plan. Okay. Okay. Well, you answered my question. I appreciate it. All right. Yes. Just running the fan 24 hours a day isn't going to save you money. There is a chance it could help you eliminate hot spots yep. in a house because you're constantly stirring the air. But what you're doing by doing that is you're bringing the whole house down to a temperature that the hot spot is less detectable. You're not cooling that room off anymore. You're just stirring that warm air and intermingle it into cool air in the rest of the house. So we t- we tell people if, if that's the first thing to try in getting an uncomfortable room comfortable, just th- then we start playing with the OBDs. Correct. <laughs> then we seal the ducts. <laughs> and then we put a new air conditioning unit. <laughs> right. right. But again, uh, again, indoor air quality, It's uh, you're, if you want to clean that air, you want the fan on all the time. But again, there's a double-edged sword there. Uh, okay. I'm going to ask you to check me on this again. Now, we tell people one-inch paper pleated filters. That's right. Okay. Get, use you're, the, you're good with that? I'm really good with that. And change them every month. Yep. Even okay. if they don't look that dirty, change them every month. Very good. We, we've only got time for one more caller. Doug, we're going to take you off air. Pete, we're going to take you off air. Let's squeeze Steve in here real quick, just in the order the calls came in. Steve? Hi, from how San, are you? From Santan. What's your question? Real quick. All right. Uh, my air conditioning unit, I want to change about 15 years old. And what I'm wondering, is it more efficient to have a combination of a mini split and air conditioner? For example, my unit now is four ton go down to an efficient three-ton, and get mini splits just for the bedroom. I have a 21-square-foot home that's single-story. Okay. Real quick, Richard, what would you tell him not knowing his house and layout and lifestyle (laughs) and all that real quick? Yeah, this this is tough without uh, asking more questions. I know we're pressed for time, but, yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate. It could be. (laughs) It could be. Um, It could be. So, right, um, again, mini splits are the fastest-growing industry right now. Your your conventional air conditioning system is going to, uh, if it's designed right, it's going to cool and and you're uh, going to get the maximum life out of it. You're going to be more comfortable. But that mini split, for example, like I have one in my garage, but I am probably going to put one in my master bedroom soon because I just want my master bedroom. I don't care about the kids. I just want my master bedroom to be like 70 degrees when I go to bed at night. But I don't need the entire house to do that. So, Steve, there are benefits to what I think you're trying to do. There you go. Hope that helps, Steve. For those of you we couldn't get to, Richard will call you personally one-on-one from his cell phone. So y'all hang on. If you made it into Rosie on the House, we like to say if you made it in through all the busy signals, we will get to your call. And we spent the last couple weeks putting a nice video together on selecting a new air conditioning unit. It's on the homepage at rosieonthehouse.com along with direct links to our consumer guide on air conditioning.